Are you hungry? Good thing, because it's time for your weekly slice of Tres Leches, served as a podcast, your new favorite auditory treat where the zest of Latino culture meets the effervescence of queer narratives with your hosts, Johnny, Ian, and Juan. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever, wherever you're joining us from, welcome to another amazing episode of Tres Leches with the three of us, Johnny, Juan, and Ian. Oh. We are here and we're happy to have you. How are you? Hi. I'm Hi. Good. Juan, you go. How are you doing? Here's, here's that yeah. smile. Oh gosh, thank you. I'm wearing a very Cuban look yes. for you. I'm wearing a yellow guayabera because I am recording back in Miami. I am back world at what Martha's house. Is? I want to say, actually, I got feedback. Sorry to interrupt you. I did get feedback from some friends who don't Tell speak me. Spanish, who love the oh. pod, friends of the pod, yeah. if you will. Um, and uh-huh. he was like, he's like, I love it so much. I just, and I, he want one, he wants to learn Spanish, mm. and sure. just so that he can obviously work his way through the world in a much easier mm. way. But okay. He also just is like I feel like I'm missing out on like when you guys do your mm-hmm. so let's tell the world what a guayabera is my gosh that's uh, you know I thought we had been giving some good context clues <laughs> and really translating for ourselves but that's a good note I'll take yeah. it you that's know. a good note so I'm wearing a Cuban guayabera this is like a traditional Cuban shirt that was worn uh, that is worn for really casual events it was actually worn it was actually worn first by farmers oh. but it's also worn in a more elegant um, context this is just cotton Cotton, so this is casual, cotton. but you can wear it in linen. <laughs> cotton. 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 It's cotton, darling. This is cotton. <laughs> uh, I, I have a problem with, like, I say, for example, I say Manhattan instead of Manhattan. Uh-huh. Manhattan. I, but so cotton, yes. it is cotton, but you they, they're often worn in linen yeah. and with a bow tie for a black tie event. So, you know, but it made me feel, it's bright, it's yellow, it's Miami. It's beautiful, just and, like you. Um, it's helping me. Oh, thank you. But as to how I am, you know, you know, when you wake up and you're like, today I woke up and I was like, I'm just fucking mad at the dirt today. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do know what you mean. Like you wake up in that mood where you're like, I'll fight someone today. I will. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're all like, we all have a little bit of fight in us this morning. (laughs) We do. Yeah, and I feel the fight in you, baby. Yeah, do that, you? Is that me? This no, no, we're, we're not fighting. You can fight with Jesus, not with me. <laughs> Friends of the pod would say oh. differently. Everyone has come to my to my aid. They're like, leave Ian yeah. alone. Meanwhile, they're in my DMs. Myself, they're darling. in my DMs like, get her. Get her. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like well, now I don't want to because you guys are enjoying it too much. Um, yeah, I would. Well, that I just want to point out Juan is wearing a guayabera and I am wearing, yes. drum roll please, Kim Kardashian skims. <gasps> yes, I am wearing. I love the way that it, viewers you can't or listeners you can't see, but there's a little drop neck a little bit. It's not like choking. It is so soft, so supple. Just like Kim. What's the price point? Uh, I, so here's the thing. Uh, I got to Portland okay. last night um, to pick up my uh-huh. beautiful angel of a dog. Uh, Will's here. You know, the famous Will from our Fuck, Mary kill. Who actually X made will. it out the best of all of X our exes. Will. He did not get killed once in our Fuck, Mary kill game. He did. Which he pointed out he did. Uh, was deservedly so. <laughs> <laughs> he said that, not me. Um, but he had some gifts for me from Skims. 
uh, because sometimes he'll like buy something and he's like, you must try it. And then he'll buy for me. Um, Oh and my God. Ex-boyfriend. <laughs> He's an angel. Um, but I put it on and I was like, girl, Kim, like you, cause you've heard, I've heard it's, people say it's lovely. It's wonderful. But then you put it on. Yes. It's also so nice because I started keeping up with the Kardashians from the very beginning this weekend, mm-hmm. much wow. like Ian started his journey with housewives recently. And I have to say yeah. it's, you know, I'm, I'm on board. Like I am. Had you not watched it from the beginning ever, or is, or is this a, a re a revival going back towards something? So I had seen a couple of before. episodes, or mostly clips, like on Twitter, online. But like I never like uh, Kim Kardashian hitting her sister with a purse and saying, "Don't be fucking rude." Like I had never seen the full context of the <laughs> episode so to understand yes. like Kim's plight in that moment. <laughs> Of yeah, and how different the eyebrows were. Everything, Girl. the texture, the, the, the textures of the show, oh absolutely. Every, they look so different. I mean, they just different. all look so so different. It's that first season, even, you know, it was most like Kim, Chris's house. Oh my god! I mean, in comparison to it's, where they live house. now, that's a home, a, a lived-in. What's house. beautiful is like it's, watching the Hulu show and then going back and seeing the the <laughs> the humble beginnings. I say in quotes because you know that's sure, so exactly. humble, but. Just to see like the way Chris would book Kim on these like celebrity fashion shows that were like done in the back of a warehouse somewhere in LA (laughs) to then now she's, you know, the face of Dolce Gabbana. She has skim. It's just, I, the, the like through line for me is so fascinating to watch. Um, but I will continue and I'll, you know, be posting on TikTok as I've been doing, um, my thoughts. Yeah. You, you get to enjoy it like a Tarantino movie. You know what I mean? You just go, you know how it ends. Right, right. So it's, I, let's see, I love knowing the ending of things. Yeah. Like oh. I often, if what scary movies, everything, I like to read the ending and then I can just enjoy the yeah. movie. That's yeah. People, people are crazy, but like, you know, people are like, if you say what's the, how Grey's Anatomy ends, I'm going to off myself. <laughs> and I want to know how Grey's Anatomy ends. I would love, I wish. Oh. And I also like really miss like, you know, Rob uh, and like getting to see him in these seasons. Like first season is not super Rob heavy, but then, oh my, the early Rob, yeah. early these, Rob, these early moments of Rob defined how I dressed for a decade. LOL. <laughs> an icon, an influencer without even wanting to be, Truly. which is my favorite kind. Yeah, so they, cute. It definitely defined how I dicked Ooh. for 10 years. <laughs> and I, <laughs> um, it defined your type? Yeah, not, not Johnny, to stray too far Uh-oh. off topic. Hold on, everybody. <laughs> oh my I God. was going to say that while you have some New York anxiety, the New York light hits you much differently than the LA light. <laughs> I'm still so, I still find it so fascinating. Because, okay, if you guys don't, I mean, most of you have seen Ian's face. Ian has a lovely angular Mm -hmm. face. So when the light hits Mm -hmm. it, it's like giving fucking sharp, bitch. It's giving (laughs) sharp. So, and this is not me just gassing you up. It's really, it really is. I see the, oh, don't do that. Cause then I'll, then I'll make fun of you. <laughs> oh, the armpits. Ooh, I've seen that pose before. Uh Uh Ian Ian loves, let's do the Ian pose where it's like, well, it's like that. What I just did. It's there, like a little. Well, I can't do it because like he shows the top teeth. I can't teeth do it. I can't, I can't do it either. Show my top. It's like a top teeth was a big thing for me for a while. That like people are still doing by yeah. the way. Um, but uh, now it's chain. I know what. Oh, I know what you're talking. You know, the, you like, mean, like the half uh, open it's mouth like thing. You do the little like. Yeah. Uh, you know what it is? It's it's if you if uh, take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love how for Bridge those that are just listening, just that should that should summon the oh, what it. it looks like for it's them. It's just like just a, oh. it's be surprised by your own oh. face. Work. Mm. Sometimes I am, and it's you not like in a that. good way. <laughs> even if I, even if and I'm it's not, giving hocus pocus. <laughs> yeah. No. Just to be to be clear in context, I am not saying that I am surprised by my own face every time I look at it. I'm just saying if you need a cue As to if. get. To get the yeah. sort of you know uh, reaction exactly. <gasps> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what's that from? Oh, uh, I don't know. Death becomes oh. oh, of course. Yeah, yes, there's yes, a yes, lot yes, of surprise yes. in that movie. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. But, uh, oh, is this my? That's one of my guys. You guys both have great chins. Uh, the way oh, the lights hitting you in your spaces, <laughs> you. you look great. You look so. Thanks, great. babe. You know, Thanks, babe. I'm one babe. of those people that like. I don't like when I give a compliment. I like. I don't need one back. It's nice. It's nice. I will say, and it depends. Sometimes I, I like say it and then I'm like, <laughs> you know, when you like just try and look a little like prettier, you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're mm-hmm. like, anyway, and you're like, okay, all right. Um, I'll okay, be my own fan. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. They don't give you nothing. Oh, Instead of giving me a compliment, just give me money. <laughs> That's I'll take honey, some money. That is the biggest compliment. That's what I'll take. That is yeah, exactly. the compliment. Mm-hmm. Guys, <laughs> I, I can't like, express enough how funny I find it when both of you go into like high pitch, <laughs> especially Johnny. When Johnny like goes into like please, it's yeah. Johnny is a bass baritone. He, you are a bass. Uh, I wish my voice did what yours did. Do that. I try it. I'm gonna try. Just like talk. What yours did. I just sound it's, like I'm doing a big Ange impression. You are doing big Ange, baby. You're doing big Ange and it sounds We didn't even get to you. try the cake. Wait. What's a, fa- what's a famous wait, big Ange line? Um, God. Did oh, she say he's enough? He's a murderer. He's a murderer. <laughs> just did seven to ten. He's a murderer. But uh, well, I can oh remember so many good lines. Rest in peace, big yeah. Ange. No, I. I actually love this. That line that I just said, we didn't even get to try the cake is one of my favorites because it's a, it's a, it's a throwaway line, but she's, you know, when she invites that, bl- that other blonde lady who's her friend, but not a mob wife, mm. it's like the friend of Ange she, in her little apartment, which is the most awkward thing ever that like above a garage apartment that Ange lives in. And they're talking about there. She is retelling the story of a wedding reception that they went to or a party that they went to and a fight broke out and big Ange is like, <laughs> just like, and they started throwing blows. It was a mess. Wigs everywhere. Purses everywhere. Worst part. We didn't even get to try the cake. <laughs> I love that. that. We didn't even get to try the cake. Story anyway, I share, so I share that. It. That would be sad to me too. Yeah. Yes. But but Johnny, your voice is one of the great voices of broadcast <laughs> of broadcasting. Mm-hmm. I, I someone told me that my laugh was infection. <laughs> exactly. My laugh was infectious. I was like, oh, that's so nice. I used to get made Ooh. fun of for it all the time. Was this a DM really? from, a, from a sort of a conquest? A friend. No, not a conquest. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, I was Freudian slip. That's yeah. my sorry. Project- uh, so yes. they're friends Projecting of the pod, and they're also exactly. friends of the D. Friends of the D. <laughs> yeah, friends exactly. of the P and friends, friends of the D. Friends of the pod and then friends of the D. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, I actually, speaking of friends of the pod, I went, this is so random. Um, and I know we have to get to other pressing things, but I'm the host, sure. so I can do whatever I want. Mm. Um, and with you two, of course, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> just cut all that. Right. We just cut all of that. Um, I went to the MoMA. account is being tallied. I went to the MoMA yesterday with a friend of the pod, Brandon Kyle Goodman. <gasps> oh, oh, I love them. God. I was going to ask who you went with. Yes. I went with Brandon Kyle Goodman. How love. lovely. That is wonderful. It was really fun. It was really fun. It was, uh, there was a Picasso, um, exhibition that they're featuring right now. And it was just so nice to like do something different that, you know, didn't involve a drink mm. and didn't involve just like the basic, I hate that shit anyway. I, I would much prefer games or like an activity games. or, you know, just, sure you know, or like, why don't we all just get together and pretend we're on a podcast? I'll, I'll each give you a mic. You know what I mean? That'd be fun. <laughs> Everyone would talk fun. really differently. If I was like, we're coming to my house yeah. for brunch and we're going to, we're going to play a podcast. That'd be so fun. Why not? Um, I mean, anyway, that, that's the thing when, as adults, exactly. we should play exactly. more and not just with our, with our fiddlesticks. Yes. We should play with our brains and our minds and really, yes. I mean, we, and we it, say this as if there's not other adults doing that and they're, you know, probably listening like we do that. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We actually normal, do normal things, things where we talk. Yeah. Well, I'm exactly. glad that we're all doing, you know, pretty well. I'm sure we could all be better. Yeah, we could all get more we, money. But one of the things that I think has lightened the mood in the last couple of days is the fact that the SAG after strike is over. She's <laughs> she's done. No more writer strike. They negotiated. No There's no more WGA strike. There's no more SAG strike. The girls can get back to work. The I mean, the contract uh-huh. has to be ratified, of course. But I think we're uh we're we're on the road to the right direction. Um, and I just wanted to get your initial thoughts on like how you're feeling about it. Well, first of all, I want to know what do you think is the first thing that Fran Drescher, (laughs) fine Lupone Bush Torres did today? What do you think Fran was the first thing she scheduled a luxurious massage, a bikini wax lunch at the Beverly Hills Hilton. Uh, Fran, I feel like Fran probably, I think you're projecting. I think that's what you would do on your first day of, of, of excitement. That's for sure what Juan I would do. I feel like Fran was getting Correct. massages throughout. Like, you know, yeah. I feel like Fran is uh-huh. one of those one of those girls that's like, if I'm going to do this for the long haul, I need to get my hair done. Did you? <laughs> she needed a yeah. contract the for roots the were fixing retouched. Digit- this story. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I will say I saw um, – I saw um, – Duncan Tra- uh, Crab Crabtree Duncan Crabtree Ireland. <laughs> I saw uh, him at the Out One Hundred last week, and I gave him a hug and I said, "Thank you so much for all of the negotiating that you've done on our behalf." Um, you know, I, I'm sure he got a lot of that that night because it was the day I think the day after or, or two days after the strike was kaput. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I've definitely felt a lot of feelings in the past, you know, 118 days or however long. Well, actually more than that because the writers went on strike first. A lot of feelings about, you know, just being an artist in a time like this. And I wanted to like talk to you guys about, you know, I wanted the episode to really center around what it means to be an artist and, you know, what it felt like when we first started doing what we do versus how we feel now and how we feel about our futures doing them. Well, not loaded at all. You know, even <laughs> exactly not loaded at all. Well, you know, I grew up um, with dreams of being a musical theater actor and performing, doing theater, and 
you know, joining like Actors Equity and joining that union mm-hmm. first was like the, such an exciting thing, right? It just felt like it was like the stamp of approval. And I think that SAG was similar, you know, it was like, wow, this is a moment, this is happening, this is a really special thing. Yeah. Um, and, but what this has made me think is I'm not really actively performing anymore. If you want to see me on screen, you can go back, high maintenance, 2018, I have a really good episode, <laughs> so I was pretty good yeah. on it. Um, no, like, you were you, amazing you, I'm not performing anymore, but thank you, I'm not performing really actively anymore. Like, if, if, if a theater opportunity comes up, I'll hop in i would love to do it right because i always feel like not an actor always an actor Mm. even though i'm technically not i'm not represented i have no management i don't i have no prospects Mm. but i I, and for a while i know prospects (laughs) i I know it's so jane austen (laughs) exactly i'm um i am christine ryan i'm oscar Oscar van ryan i am i am oscar van ryan i have no prospects Mm. um so no i but what this has made me realize, and I think I had kind of come to terms with this because I chose to leave kind of the active end of the business, is that you're always an actor, you're even when you're not mm-hmm. acting. And and it's also brought to life that I think a lot of Americans have realized that most working actors do not work as actors a lot of the mm. time. And that's why this, the money, the money <laughs> matters so much. Yeah. I, I can only imagine how it must feel for both of you who are like are in the trenches still auditioning and mm. what it, it it's like a second pandemic. It must've felt like. You literally just took the word right out of my mouth. I was thinking about that and there's uh, the sort of silver lining of the strike, like kind of what you said to to it feeling kind of healing is I think a lot of actors, I would definitely say for in my experience, like I learned, I had to learn like what, who am I mm-hmm. if I don't have that? Who am I if I'm not auditioning? And like, if it's not available to me right now, like, and, and, and that was very kind of freeing. Cause on the one hand, like there's something it's terrible. Like we all want to be working. Everyone should get their bag in the way that, you know, is fair. And, and, and I fully, fully support that. But then there's also a little bit of like, well, I'm happy we're all on the same mm-hmm. page in some way. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, you're like, okay, well, if I'm not working, at least I feel better that if I'm not working and like sure. the rest of us aren't. And like, not that that, do you know what I'm saying? Like there's that, that, that I hold space with in addition to, but like, who am I when I don't have that available? And, um, it brought out a lot of like, uh, like a creativity in me. And I think that like, you you know, you kind of go, Oh, I mean, I want to write more. I, I want to maybe take more. I want to be in the driver's seat a little bit more because so much of this is up to network executives. So much of it is gate. Like, uh, there's Mm -hmm. there's so much gatekeeping that like, I think one of the best things that came from mm. it is this podcast is like this, mm. what is this other, what is this other? Um, and when I say revenue, like, you know, uh, stream, I don't mean money wise. I mean like, what's this other sole mm. revenue stream that isn't just acting because it's what I've been doing my whole life. You know what I mean? And because my dad is in the business and it's because what people have told me to do, or I'm just so conditioned to do it. Um, and so I kind of like that, excuse me. I kind of like that. It's, you know, done a reset for me specifically for me. I'm sure a lot of other people have felt a lot more, you know, 
I don't know other people. I'm sure it's been a roller coaster. I mean, you know, exactly. Yeah, and I feel as though you know, it's your experience is your experience, so it's valid no matter what. And you know, I I do believe in holding space for how other people must have felt, and you know, the burden it put on so many other industries within the industry, whether that be our crews or our you know uh, catering people, our you know all of the things that a lot of people don't take into account when things like this happen. Um, but from a create create creative standpoint, it feels like, like you were saying this, uh, kind of reckoning with self of like, wait, why, what, who am I outside of chasing this, uh, goal, you know, because when, when so much of the business is built around the publicity of being the big star, you know, being on the mm-hmm. big show, being, getting the big money, a lot of the, the love of what, why we do it gets, it falls to the wayside because we're chasing what, <clears throat> what society deems valuable, you know, like when yes. you're on TV and you have five lines, your family's like, Oh, that's it. That's all you got. What about, uh, you know, and they're, they, they hold, you know, the top 1% of actors to be, that's what acting is. But when you really boil it down, acting is all the layers that come into making a scene, making a show. And I think the strike has really helped, um, uh, level that playing field a little more for the general public to be like, there's so many actors out there that aren't making all that money, you know? Um, yes. And it's, it's, you it's know, been had, nice to see that a little bit. This is not just for fun. Mm-hmm. This, this yeah. little business, this is a real economy and there are people as valuable and as important as auto workers and as, mm-hmm. as uh, you know, all these other strong unions. So I'm glad that, and, I, and I'm glad that labor won here and said, okay, this is what we deserve. We're not going to get everything. They didn't get everything, but they got a lot. Mm-hmm. And that feels good to me. Yeah. But it, yeah Johnny, I, may I ask you? Uh-huh. Oh, sorry. Not to no, interrupt no, no, you say ahead. what you were yeah. going to say. No, no, no. I, I, yeah. So, you know, Johnny, something that, I was describing, I was uh, talking to, I was having dinner with my cousin last night. We were talking about this podcast and, you know, it's my cousin, Michelle, and she knows Ian so, so well and Ian's incredible career with Broadway, et cetera. She was asking me more about you. And, and I was saying your career is so impressive to me because you are like just, you're, I, I, I always say Jessica Chastain. I love Jessica Chastain because she's not a Nepo baby. She's got like no roots in the business and she's become this big star. Mm. And your career is impressive to me because it's your career. Mm-hmm. It's not Johnny Sibley Paltrow. Mm. You know, uh, your mom is not Julie Chen Moonves. Yeah. And you have really done what not a lot of people can do. You've been a part of these really important projects and made a name for yourself from, you know, because you've made it. Mm-hmm. And so to then have that kind of pulled out from under you as you're waiting for, you know, all a show that's currently in production, mm-hmm. how do you, you know, did that make you question whether you want to do this long term? Was there ever like, okay, I have to figure out like, what if, what if this business and the highs and lows of it are not something I can bear anymore 
Uh, wow. Um, well, thank you for saying that. I just got emotional hearing you say that because sometimes, um, you forget like when you're, you know, you're doing it every day, you just forget like where, like where you started, where you're going, this, that, and the other. Um, but absolutely. I feel like it's, I feel like it's just part of the job is constantly questioning whether it's that important to you as it once was, because I know, I know that you probably, you both probably feel this way, but like when I got out of high school or when I, you know, even when I started high school, I was like, this is me. This is what I, I, I belong doing. Like I am going to make it. And then as mm-hmm. time goes on and, you know, things beat you down and, you know, you, you have wins, you have great wins, but then you have great a sadness that you don't really get to share with the world because it's all about the upward motion. It's all about, we're doing, we're doing the thing. We're at this mm-hmm. event We're you know, we have to like have this veneer of like, everything's okay, but like everything's mm-hmm. literally not okay. You know, we're, we're constantly getting, you know, bombarded with, Oh, sorry, they went a different direction. Oh, you're not, you don't have enough credits for this audition. You, uh, bop, 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 bop. there's it, the, the goalpost is always moving. So there's that. Um, but I think close to what Ian was saying, having something like this podcast, which to me started out like the idea of it for me was like, oh, it's just something fun that we can do that I love talking to them. I love having these moments. But then when I, I find myself listening to the pod or editing the clips for the pod, I'm reminded mm-hmm. of that initial feeling that I had when I started making my Instagram videos, when I used to throw the wigs on and like there was a sense of play and a sense of autonomy that I had that I wasn't seeking the approval of other. I mean, obviously we want people to listen to the pod, but that for me is not the fun. What we're doing right now is the fun. Watching the clips back, seeing both of your expressions is the fun. And I think I need moments like this in order to continue to do that out there, to continue to you know, want to be on hacks or like want to start a new project or, you know, I need the moments where I'm reminded that I am the artist and I'm in control, you know, because like Ian was saying, we so often give our control to the one that's giving us the job. And it's like, no, you are, you know, and I think that's what mostly the strike has taught me is that I love so many facets of my creativity. I've been writing as well. Like Ian, I've thought about doing theater again, you know, and like just being, just busying myself with a bunch of things that aren't the splashy HBO FX stuff that like we love and we, you know, helped pay the bills. But ultimately to be an artist is to constantly be creating through your own lens. So that's a long-winded way to say, I constantly question whether I want to be doing this, but it's because I don't want to be doing it maybe the same way I want to change. And I think that sure. we as artists, like I know Ian probably feels that way too. Like you, you, I mean, in the last year alone, I feel like your creativity has changed um, a lot. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, I, I guess, you know, I'm I, just to, again, piggyback what you're saying. And it's just this, very human thing that we do, but like, you know, we just, everyone, everyone is just faking it. We're all just (laughs) this. We're just like, I think Mm -hmm. if I put this step here, I think if I put a step there, I, I, I just believe and think that this will get me to the place that I, I I hope to get. And we're all just guessing. And 
we change our minds and we're second guessing and we're doing all this mm-hmm. in the face of still having to you like have to you have to try to see different roads i think for a long time for me i you know people were people are very like you you really have an opinion on everything you you love to just like name and complain sure. or da, 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 da. like it's not me always going to be like that and i'm like but there as though like you should look at it this way and i i do like to devil's advocate a lot mm. but sometimes i'm like I, I i have had moments in in this year realizing that like oh wow i was just I didn't know there was another road Mm. when people have said that to me or just even this year. And with the SAG strike, I was like, Oh, there's other roads that's, that can lead to happiness that can lead to purpose and your, and your your specific happiness. Yeah. 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 And I, I didn't know that for a very long time. Yeah. And so I'm like, as, as, as go Juan, go, go, go say it now. I, you're feeling it. You know, you're to this point. It, you're you're speaking to something that I I feel very passionate about. And this is something for actors specifically, and there are other people for whom this is also the case. But if you go to study acting, you declare your major before you get to school. Mm. You don't have a year or two to be like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You're like, I'm going to. I apply for the acting program. You're in the acting program. NYU doesn't let you just go do whatever the hell you want. That's right. When I went mm-hmm. to NYU, then I'm like, oh yeah, you can go into the school of social work. You're there for musical theater, babes. Yeah. I am 17 years old and I made that decision. So it becomes totally who you are. It becomes everything. And when, you know, I think actors, Gen Z, you know, I love Gen Z. Gen <laughs> Z, they're a little bit different. They have a better understanding of like acting is a thing they do, mm. but they understand that the business is now involves social media, it involves much more than when we were speak for myself and you know like when, when i was coming up in this like it was like <laughs> oh what you did was just theater and you didn't think about you didn't the side jobs didn't matter the other things that fulfill you creatively all that the the side hustles your literal side hustle to make money to pay rent right. was all just hocus pocus but actually to be an actor is to be is a gigantic project manager that mm-hmm. does all of these things so that you can have a really full life right. and it's it's hard because you, it takes so much to do what you guys are still doing. Hmm. You know, it requires so much um, uh, passion and blind faith. Yeah. Um, well, faith is inherently blind, but truly blind faith in yourself. <laughs> but um, but also, you know, and I years ago when I was touring with Kinky Boots, we would do these talkbacks, and. Hmm. Um, you know, we, we with Cindy Lauper's True Colors Foundations, we'd bring like LGBTQIA plus like 12 to 18 kids that would come see the show. We'd do a fun activity maybe. And then they have a talk back. And I used to hate during actor talk backs when be like, oh, you know, um, if you weren't an actor, what would you do? And or like, what's your <laughs> biggest advice to uh, someone who wants to be an actor? And like someone pompous says something like, um, if you can see yourself doing anything else, you do should that. do that because yeah. acting is not for the week. <laughs> and I literally would turn every time and I would say the most obnoxious thing ever. And I said, I would say that is act- absolute total bullshit. Oh. That is not true. I completely disagree with that. Word. Acting is a wonderful thing to do. Mm-hmm. I am a fantastic actor. When I, I, I know that about myself. I love acting. Yeah. But whatever I do, I'm going to be good at it. Right. Like if I really want to, right? I'm, I could be a great hairdresser. 
I were the president of the United States, I would be a great president of the United States. Mm. I'm not saying that I can be good at every job. I'm not going to go to the NFL. But if it's a job that I'm going to take, it's because I'm going to be good at it. And there are many jobs that I can do. Right. And the point I bring this up is because I think that acting is a choice. It's not an identity. It's mm. this thing that you choose to do constantly. You, it's a fight. You have to stay in it. It's not like, oh, I'm an actor. I'm a, God, I'm an actor. An actor acts. No, you have to like continue. <laughs> it's not Cassie. You right. like really have to choose to do this and continue to. And if you don't want to do this, you will do something else and you'll continue to be good. And you'll be happy. These, like, and you'll be yeah. happy. The idea that like, if you are not and, an actor, you are a failure. And that, that like, that is, inst- I feel like that's such an instilled piece of doing this is that like, if you don't make, if you don't go to LA, if you're not on this show, if you're not working with these people, you're a failure. Absolutely not. You're only a failure if you are doing something that makes you miserable and you continue to do it. That's in my opinion, failure. If you want to go and do regional theater for the rest of your life in the great state of Ohio, great place and that makes you happy that is all you need to worry about not what fulana thinks from back home because you know and i mean don't get me wrong it is nice to like to feel that like i have to tell you the first time i saw myself on tv i felt so vindicated for the years of Mm. are you sure you want to do that not many people get to do that like it felt vindicated Mm -hmm. but then in the great words of Azalea Banks, what now? What now? You know, <laughs> truly, it, there's all these, <laughs> there's all these different things of like. Once you prove the people wrong, now, now what? Are you now? Once you mm-hmm. are on the Emmy-winning show, now what? And it's like, and you just have to realize now what is? Am I happy? Am I actually enjoying this? You know, um, mm-hmm. and that's that's where I am. I feel like you know, it's like a. Uh, And it's a fucking fabulous place to be, you know, because Mm -hmm. I don't feel beholden to anyone but my own, uh, my own joy. Um, I know that's right. I love it. I love talking about this this kind of stuff with you guys. Art with a capital A. Mm -hmm. Um, But now, for right now, we're going to go take a break, and we will be back with more spilled milk. We can't wait. Welcome back. Oh, we've missed you so much. It wasn't long, but it was oh. too long for us. <laughs> this I is feel a lot lighter after the break. <laughs> this Literally. is the moment of our show where we like <laughs> to throw it back to you, uh, where you write in. But we found something very special online that we thought that you would enjoy as well. So I'm going to um, defer to Juan for our segment Spilled Milk this week. Yes, yes, yes. So... In New York City, there is a nightlife icon. Mm. Uh, you may know them as at NY Social B. They have brought you parties like the list is closed and so much more. They're everywhere. <laughs> they are fabulous. Terrence, we love you. Friend of the pod. We do. Um, and Terrence tweeted you. something uh, last week that kind of I saw all over the place. Our dear friend Quentin shared it. I saw it on all, all the gays were a Twitter on X about it. And the tweet reads, the open relationship gays go on more dates than the single gays, LOL. Mm. And I was so tickled by this. (laughs) I was so tickled by it because it's so funny and so 
true. Mm. You know, I'm fascinated by open relationships having been in one. And when I, at the beginning of, I was with my ex for eight years. At the beginning of our relationship, it was kind of new. Open Mm. relationships were something, it was something that I asked for, by the way. I Mm. asked for it. I was going out on tour and I asked for it. And um, it was happening, but it wasn't like the norm. It was kind of like, oh, wow, cool. It was Mm -hmm. a little bit nouveau. Right. Um, And now it is kind of the, I don't want to say it's the standard, but it feels to me like the majority of like cis gay men Mm -hmm. are in some kind of open relationship, not necessarily, you know, so obviously that's, there's a spectrum within how open a relationship can get. Right. Um, but I was also surprised half Americans, according to Pew <laughs> Research, say that yeah. open marriages of some kind are acceptable. I was yeah. surprised by that, but it makes sense because as divorce, every, there are more children in divorce, you know, millennials, mm-hmm. when divorce became more common, of children of the boomers, and then moving forward, they've seen what an affair, one affair can do to a relationship. So, you know, I think our views of like monogamy, et cetera, have changed. Yeah. But the gays are acting out with the open oh. relationship specifically. You know, I I have to say as someone who was in an open relationship that became single, you, it is if you are looking as a single person to date someone, another single person, it's can feel like there are none available. It's a very (laughs) odd feeling. Right. How have you encountered that in your dating lives? Do you feel like every around every corner, it's just a man who's dating another man who (laughs) wants to date you? Ooh. Um, I feel like there are, I feel like there's, um, there's both. I feel like there's a lot of, uh, single gay men that are, are also looking. Um, but I do, here's what I, cause I responded to Quentin's story about it. And I said, well, that's because pe- men in relationships don't have to be scared bitches about it not going well, because when they go home, mm-hmm. they have that 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 partner security. they have that security they have that person so when they're entering into these like dates or these moments it's not as heavy as like when you're going on a date when you're when you're dating and you're see and I don't care what who these gay men are that say like you know oh yeah I'm I'm, I'm just like seeing where it goes like I'm like I'm chilling I'm like happy alone it's like okay cool you don't need to like say that we you should be mm-hmm. like that should be baseline you should be happy alone um but if you're going on dates t- to do uh, anything other than hook up you're you're looking for maybe a relationship or a situationship um and that's the problem where i feel like there's a lot it's like a lot heavier to go on a date as a single man because you don't know mm. what the future holds much like juan was saying at the beginning of the episode i like to know the ending you know and when mm-hmm. you go, when when you go on a date with someone in a relationship or when someone in a relationship goes on a date with a single person you kind of know the ending is a little more like understandable mm-hmm. you know there's only so many options there's like you yeah. know uh and 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 then there's like a safety for me there's been a safety as a gay man entering into relationships with people in relationships already because there's like a, oh, uh, you know, they're going to take care of my heart a little more. They probably need this maybe. 
um, not in like a desperate, yes. desperate way, but no, I know what you mean. You yeah. know, so it's like for me, it's been like, oh, it's so nice. Um, maybe I don't want to be in a throuple, or maybe I do. I don't know. But mm-hmm. you know, when you're a single mm. gay man, it feels like I feel like there's a lot of pressure to be like the one for somebody or for the other person to be maybe the one that's gonna make you delete this app. You know how they say uh <laughs> Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. What upsets me a little bit, and I is I find, and I've this is from my experience. A li- I've experienced a little bit, but anecdotally, I've had a lot of friends who have dated for longer, who've been on the market <laughs> for longer. Um, they would they've said that they're they've encountered men who are in a relationship, in an open relationship, who don't lead with that. They kind of bamboozle oh. you. They uh. kind of get you on a date or or even just a hookup by kind of just uh, it's, it's a lie by omission. It's a uh. they're being vague. They're they're tap dancing around the subject. It's so oh, then by you the way. give yourself yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And time is so precious, right? <laughs> so even if you waste even if you waste a day and a half mm. of texting with someone and then it comes out. That's a day and a half. You could have scheduled another date with someone who was actually available if you are actually seeking someone who is completely, totally available to date you and only you so that you can be mm-hmm. in that future open relationship. Right. Um, but I, what, <laughs> what I, I think is, and also, I have found this very sad, weird trap, also and kind of anecdotally, but it's an observation that some of my friends will are drawn to men who are in open relationships because even on a subconscious level, Uh people who are in relationships are good at performing the qualities of someone you want to be in a relationship with. Mm. So the boyfriend Mm. cosplay, if you want a boyfriend, right? You want a boyfriend, you've wanted one for two years, you wanted someone to call your own, it might be easier to have an affair, if you will, a, you know, enter a enter a liaison with someone right. who's in an open relationship because they know how to do the boyfriend performance. They have already gone on for the role for a while. So they know the lines. They know how to make you feel and give you the boyfriend experience. Do you but see that, what I'm saying? Of course, but yes. that also is because there's less at stake for them to they don't have to worry about oh am I I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to make sweeping generalizations, but there's like when you're when it's two single people, it's like, okay, do I send this text? Like, do I let them know I really want to see them? Or do I like withhold mm-hmm. and wait till they text me? Whereas like when you're in a relationship and you have less to lose because you have a loving partner, or maybe you don't, maybe they're not loving, maybe you know they suck, but you're like, Yeah, I want to see you. I want to see you because mm-hmm. I don't I'm not scared. Like, I'm, you know, worst case scenario, this doesn't work out, and like I still got my boothing at home um Uh but also there's like and there's some people in relationships that like you know relationships feel like they feel like family after a while so like they're Uh more interested in in risking like seeming like they um more they 
they're less risk of risk averse because they're like, sure. well, this is going to make me feel good. So I'm going to be like, I want to see you on Wednesday. Whereas <laughs> like single man are like Wednesday works. So does Friday, but you let me know, you know, it's like, Oh my mm. God, girl, like pick a day, you know? I um, see what you mean. I just, do you know what I mean? I do. And also from the single indeed. person perspective too, you like can be like, uh, you know, yeah, I want to see you because you're not, you know, that they have someone at home. So you're not scared of looking like, you know, I don't know. That's just one way of looking at it, obviously. I think it really depends. You know, I'm sitting here and like, it's, it's so interesting to hear, like fascinating to hear both of your, your, your takes on this. Cause like, I think it depends on the, 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 you know, the relationship, the situationship relationship you have with, you know, said boyfriend who's going back to his partner in the evening. And like, Mm -hmm. I think it could also get really hard to, I think, I think it could still feel as weird and awkward and scary to share even though even though it's like supposed to be less risky because like oh like we kind of know what this is emotions feelings sometimes maybe they're tricky they can pop up out of nowhere and mm-hmm. so i think like well that comes with time what i what i'm meaning is sure. like the initial seedling of getting that started like going on a date oh i see you know like you're like oh i i know maybe what the outcome is but that's the thing that they don't teach you is, well, they, you know, you, they do. And like, if yeah. you want to listen, you can. And if you don't, but the longer you stay in involvement with someone in open relationship, the longer it becomes more interesting for both, for both parties, for all three parties, all four parties, however yeah. many polyamorous situations you want to be in, it does get more interesting as time goes on. Um, mm-hmm. whereas like when you're single and you keep dating, keep dating, it feels a little more like incremental and like you're building, uh, and like the, yeah. the tower's not going to fall, you know? Totally. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think this tweet is not addressing those people who are into polyamory, right. Who are into becoming a full third or a fourth or whatever. They're, they're oh. you know, this is, this is addressing the, 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 the pandemic, or the scene when, you, when you're a single person, the single yeah. person who wants to be in a relationship, and it feels like everyone is in a relationship. And when you go on Hinge, six out of the you know six out of the ten people you reached last reached out to are in open relationships. In Only open. four of those men are actually single. And so people are like, you report, now have to weed report. through so much more. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, it's, I, you know, I always it's say too. I always say too. Like, if you, th- I use this analogy all the time. But when you walk by a restaurant. And you see that that mm-hmm. restaurant is fully, it's packed. There are, it's people are in that restaurant I know. eating, enjoying. I know. You're like, oh, well, we got to, we got to see what that restaurant's about. We've got to get in there. But when you walk by that diner and there's only old Smokey Joe in the corner drinking <sighs> his coffee, you're like, mm, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to eat there because no one's, no one's there. Like, you know, so like when you see someone in a relationship, you're like, there's a reason they're, that they're in a relationship. I'm I want to check that out. But, you know, I I I think was it oh, I was watching Selling Sunset yesterday and one of the characters mm-hmm. said um characters, she's like human characters. being characters. Uh, <laughs> she said, "Well, it's like when you're on Raya and like you you see this person on there and you like see them for a while and you're not matching with them and you're like, "Well, there's a reason I don't want to match with you because you're still on this app." And, you know, part of me is like, "Well, so are you, bitch." Like, <laughs> you know, but also yeah. that's how people think they're like they see someone in a relationship they're like that's someone that i want to be with 
But then they see <laughs> single Fulano that they know has been single for two years. And they're like, yeah, well, I don't. And that, it's, and that obviously, yeah, that's like, there's so much about like coveting what you can't have, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Which is, it's so, that's like a thing. Speaking um, of, of course, <laughs> that's never, no- yeah, of course, that's, that's as old as, you know, old Methuselah, <laughs> you know? I mean, that's been, that's, that's been around. But I think the right. difference is now, that you have to kind of walk through the minefield of that's always going to happen. You're going to love someone. You, if, if someone's a, a hot commodity in their relationship and you want to be with them, you want to be with them. Right. But now you have to like navigate this minefield of like, okay, wait, this person in wait, they are, and they are, but wait, they're open and they're also open. It's just that now people are living publicly open. So it's not an affair, right? You know, you're walking in through the front door, Yes, but I don't know if that makes it any easier. Because it, it it still is keeping a lot of people from getting the thing that they want, which is to feel special See, and to have someone and to have someone, uh, to, you okay. know, to to really bond with. But I hate to break it to the general population of gay men. That does not come because of monogamy. That is the answer to feeling that feeling is not monogamy it is it could be it could be an answer but it's not the answer because before you know i I spoke to Mm -hmm. some older gays about this um about you know in the 60s 70s 80s before aids like ravaged our community Mm-hmm. sex and and openness was much more tolerable but because the aids epidemic happened and like you know ravaged our community we went back to these like heteronormative ways of thinking of like okay well we can't do this outside because that was considered mm-hmm. you know risky it dangerous. was considered dangerous mm-hmm. so we started to evolve into this like cookie cutter you know one and one and you know maybe if we like talk about it we can we started to adopt mm-hmm. this way of being from straight people because that meant less risk but yeah, now like protective armor correct but now that we are you know moving on um you know we have prep we have doxypep we have options and you know now we have to contend with our old ways of being as homosexuals and then the new Mm -hmm. way of how we were brought up and now we're you know we're just like not fighting but like we're we're trying to find a space where we feel and and this is not to say that in the 60s and 70s they didn't feel you know undesirable or like they wanted to feel special as well but i think of course it's such an interesting conversation that doesn't really have a right answer it's just about what's right for you mhm mhm this summer i um i was lucky enough to meet one like and uh, like a uh, like new people, like we went to P Town, and you oh. know, I, I, and and we went to, and I went to Fire Island, and like I love meeting new people. It's like a, it's like you know, people who I really do connect with, and like my friends Rob and Dan, mm-hmm. who are my new friends, and um, and they're I, one of the things I loved about some of the couples that I met was like, and if kind of to what we're talking about, if I'm walking through the shop of love, <laughs> and I'm seeing these couples on the shelf, I was. I was uh, really impressed and um, kind of like, I just loved how they interacted with each other, how free they were, how special, like, and to be very specific, like a couple in P-Town were both very vocal in front of each other about 
me and like their attraction to me. And, but it wasn't just like this sexual, like we're staring you down, you know, I'm painting it, but there was just this way that like, they were very open about like Mm. sharing how they felt about me. Mm. And, and, and I, and I, I thought, and then I saw how, how deep of a connection they had. And, you know, you can sometimes feel when it's, it, it feels like something's off about the way <laughs> you're seeking not right in there denmark <laughs> yeah exactly mm-hmm. you know th- you can kind of sense that and, and then you know like it's quick you don't want to make quick judgments but like right. the, i remember thinking like oh i hope i i hope that like if it when i'm in a relationship that i'm able to like let go of my possession and i feel that the person i'm with I'm comfortable enough to be able to still look at someone else and share how beautiful we think they are Mm. and how, you know, we, I'm still going to desire many humans. I know that about me. I really do. And, um, and to kind of like see it and be around it is, is a nice, is a nice like class reminder, you know? Uh, Yeah, that is nice. They're seeing it performed successfully. Yeah. You know, Correct. I, m- and listen, as someone who's been in an open relationship and from was for many years, I'm pro open relationship. It's going to sound very unpro open relationship, but people who are in relationships often have an the upper hand, yeah. and mm-hmm. um, they have the goal, they have the top of the cake, you know, to groom fantasy that a lot of people have have been kind of uh have uh, been <laughs> conditioned to want. Right? right. So even if it's nouveau, even if we're so we're so modern, we're so progressive, we're so all this, we have this little conditioning deep down that it's like, I need to have my person that a lot of open relationship gays take advantage of that. Ah. And I think they manipulate mm. and get what they want sexually out of people. And though the, the that third, that guest thinks they're really getting what they want and really it's just a performance and that's okay. <laughs> and that's okay. But I think a lot, I think you're, everyone is okay. If you, if you want just the show and not, and not to be in it, that's fine. But I think it is, it can really take advantage of people who are wanting to be wanted. And mm-hmm. what can happen is that that leaves that person at the end of six months feeling very empty because they're no mm. closer to getting what they wanted. Now all they have are, they have many memories, right? But wouldn't we say that's the same thing if, if they were, wouldn't we say that's the same thing that they would be experiencing if they were dating one more individual? Because there's just like, there's the same like, don't get me wrong. There's, there's more of an opportunity to just be with that person long-term, but there's also the same risk of not finding it with this person. Mm-hmm. And then they're still experiencing the loss. They're still, you know, so mm-hmm. loss is always a possibility, whether it's a rela- mm-hmm. like people in a relationship or another single person. Um, isn't it the same? Like, you know, I, I, well, I, I, just- I know what you're. Mm-hmm. I just think that it's kind of like it's it's kind of like being um uh the sacklers. You've got the oxy. Right. You are the oxy. <laughs> and right. you're doling it out. And then when you're done with it, you still have the fucking patent to the oxy. Well, well, but you now hold it. on. But hold on and now. Now because- you've left them. 
Because there has been there has been times there has been times where I've been in I've been in an open relationship and I've been part of mm-hmm. the union, and okay, the single person is the one that decided I'm no longer interested in participating, and my world was shattered. Like I was, you can ask Ian. I was devastated. So, hmm. and I was very much in a beautiful, happy union, but I still could not hmm. bring myself to not feel as though I was heartbroken and devastated. So I would, you know, don't get me wrong. There are couples out there that are like, you know, little piranhas, but I feel like Mm -hmm. you're also, you're also human and, and, and maybe needing something from the single person that when you get it, you don't want to lose it and you have just as much risk. Sure. You have, but then you also have to deal with the fact that that your partner is watching you go through this devastation and what that might do to the partner. You know, when you're devastated as a single person, Bitch, you're alone. Like your friends might have to see it, but like the person that loves you, you know, it's just, there's just so many beautiful, I I say beautiful because the human, human condition is just a beautiful thing, but I feel like there's just so many ways of looking at it. That's giving polyamory. That's giving polyamory. Oh, that's giving real deep, meaningful, romantic connections with multiple people at the same time. That's a, you know, Yeah. I, you know, I, that, that, that's, that is deep and that's absolutely meaningful. And I, I know that happens. Of course, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hot thirds who come in and baby, they ravage through a, a house and a home. Okay. They, it's a fucking I'm sure tsunami they mean well. on that ass. I'm sure they mean well. But, right. Yeah. That happens. We're all um, doing the best. We're for all sure. faking it, as Ian would say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are yeah. all faking I, it. I, I, we, um, we all are faking it. Well, I think, you know, yeah, there's just so much to learn. There's so much to take away from not only this conversation, but all the conversations we've had today. But I do want to, you know, we're not giving advice really, but I would like to say it would be easier to operate in this world, in these Uh relationships, in artistry. If you just yes. had a little bit of therapy and you mm, had some correct. way to talk about your your very unique, specific point of view, um, because the, what we've said today is our specific point of views, and it might not work for everybody. It might work for a lot of people. But if you're going to therapy, baby, you're going to get to get your point of view across. It might come at a pretty penny, but... I feel like, are you saying this after what I said? You're like, uh, disclaimer, uh, don't follow what Ian just said. No, 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 not at all. No, no. I mean, I, because you're coming at it from Ian's lived experience, Mm -hmm. you know, not to be all Mm -hmm. modern about it. So that's basically what I'm just trying to say. Like, there's never a right way to answer these questions. Like, we, we live from what we've learned. So... I just, I just really am such a big proponent for therapy and it's not a bad word. It is good maintenance, just like washing your hair and your asshole. So that being said, I have loved gorgeous. Clean your fifis and your fufus and we will catch you next week <laughs> we on another wait. episode of Tres Leches. We love you. <laughs> bye bye. Arriba. I just got the idea that next week we should do beauty. We should talk about things that we do in our beauty routines and regimens that we suggest for other people. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Fun. 